Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. Let us find mercy and grace to help us in a time of need. And we need you all the time, Lord. We thank you for your ever-present help when we're in trouble and when things are going good you're there to help us you help us enjoy life lord that's that's one thing that we we need to embellish on more and and understand that we can talk to you and share with you what's going on and how we feel about it all of that you are our great companion and we thank you for that father open up our eyes and our ears to hear in Jesus' name, we thank you for it. Amen and praise God. So we're going to talk about the fact that Jesus will never leave us nor forsake us. Amen. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And and that's a big comfort. Amen. A big comfort. I think once we settle into accepting that Jesus is our friend, that we're not trying to show him how whatever we are, you know, how good we are, how obedient we are, how spiritual we are, how much we know, you know, all these things that we get into with human beings and, 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 uh, you know, focusing on each other and how we try to prove ourselves to one another. You don't have to prove yourself to him. Amen. Uh, he's, he's giving us more than we can ever show him that we have you know the the object is not to um i don't know try to it, fool him or get him to think we're all this and all that and don't need anything uh our job is to learn about him amen so if we're still trying to prove to god that we don't need him or we can do this on our own or we don't have to have this or we don't have to have that and in all of that, we're really on the wrong course. We got the wrong idea of who he is because he is God and he is a friend and he is our savior, our redeemer. He provides every single thing that we were ever need in life. In fact, he has a plan for us, you know, uh, unbeknownst to us sometimes. He already knows what we're going to do. And when we're going to do it, how we're going to do it, he's mapped it all out from eternity. So when he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, that's our job is to learn of him. And the best way I know to learn is through his written word and through prayer, through worship, through relationship, building a relationship with him. In fact, the relationship's already built. We just have to step into it. Amen. And just understand that, that we're learning and we're getting to understand who he is, how to interact with him and the things that he expects for us in our lives. So, so he does have a plan for us. And I think we forget that sometimes. So we're so busy trying to get him to do this and get him to do that and wondering if we measure up and, you know, all the things that we go through mentally. <clears throat> and emotionally, uh, as far as, as our life from day to day is concerned, uh, there's so much that, that we will get lost, uh, in, in our little activities that we think are so important and, you know, the things we have on our minds. And, and many times God is involved in those things, you know, don't get me wrong. But the end result is that He wants us to know that He's running the show, you know, 
Uh, we're not out here by ourselves. We're not orphans. We're not castaways. We're not throwaway people. Uh, we're not on trial all the time, you know, and, and he's trying to get us to show him how good we can be so he can bless us kind of thing. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with, with doing right and living right, but we've got to do it in him. It's got to be his power. That, that shows us these things. And so uh, in thinking about that, I was thinking about <clears throat> what the word forsake means. And to forsake somebody means really to leave them behind when you promised them that you would be there for them. See, you can't get upset with somebody who isn't there for you if they don't have a commitment to you. But Jesus has a covenant with us where he says he will be our savior. He will be our uh, friend. He will be our God. He will be, uh, you know, the, the counselor, uh, the comforter, all of those things. Everything that we need is all wrapped up in him. And so what he says is, I'm not going to, to, to uh, let you down in any of these areas where I promise to be your helper. Amen. And that's very important because people will let us down. Why? Because they're not capable. They're not able to do what God can do. Sometimes we really expect too much from one another, uh, you know, way beyond what what human beings can do. And I think sometimes we don't let God help us enough in our relationships with people. We need to do that some, too. You know, God, do I, uh, you know, I have a need here. Do you want me to ask somebody that I know for help? I'm praying, I'm asking you, you know, uh, to to meet this need for me. But it's going to take somebody to help me. You know, who do I call? Or are you going to have somebody call me? You know, that kind of stuff. And uh, it's just good to let him know our needs. But if we just look to people without going through him, we'll find ourselves being disappointed a lot of the times. And, and really, many times, uh, you'll find that we do things for people, and when, then we expect them to do things for us in return. And that's not good, because then we set ourselves up for disappointment. You know, unless, the only, only exception to that would be a marriage. You know, when you're married to somebody, they've already vowed, you know, to be that person that you can lean on. Amen. It's it's good to go to a husband or a wife and just tell them what your needs are. And you two girl work together and work that out and always be there for one another. But aside from that relationship, there are no relationships really where you can say, you know, that person is going to be there for you. You know, that God is the only one who has that role. You know, and he will bring people into our lives as we need them and as we he sees fit and the people he wants to be in our lives for different things. You know, there's some people that need to get involved with us so their lives can be blessed. It's just true. He blesses those who bless us. And sometimes we'll just feel uncomfortable. Somebody will come up to us and say, well, can I help you with so-and-so and such and such? Well, no, you know, it's, it's like I was going outside, going out of a grocery store, and I was, I had grabbed both bags out of the cart. I was going to leave the cart there, and, and just, you know, they were heavy. 
and a, a gentleman came up and offered to carry them for me. And I said, oh, no thanks, because I'm so accustomed to not. And then when I thought about it later, I said, Lord, I should have taken his help. I said, humble me. Help me to humble myself so that I can receive help from people, you know, because sometimes people will get offended. It's like, you know, people want to help each other. But sometimes you don't offer because you don't want to be rejected and you don't want to seem too forward or something like that. And I thought about it. I said, Lord, please forgive me. I said, and just let that man continue to offer to help people when he sees them needing help. You know, don't let him be discouraged by my my bad behavior. But if I had stopped and thought about it and not been so automatic, you know, no thanks. You know, I got it, whatever, whatever. Uh, and sometimes we don't really have it, you know. <laughs> we could use the help. And so there's a grace there to receive help from people. And there's a grace to help people, to offer help too. And God works both ways. And, and sometimes he just does it because people want to be kind. Um, they want to show you that they're kind people. You know, uh, there's a lot of reasons for it. And so I think we need to consider that God will use anybody he wants to use. And I know that he blesses people who bless his people. And I was thinking to myself, I said, well, Lord, bless him anyway, as though he had helped me, you know, as though as I had received his help, because that may be you know, an open door for him to be blessed. So so it's just a good thing to keep those things in mind when we talk about, uh, you know, how God moves and who he would use to help us and, and how he will, uh, you know, how he will do things. <clears throat> there are times when we need help and you can't get it. And so God is there to sustain us through those times, too. But he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He won't leave us high and dry. And it's because he's already committed to us in covenant that he would be there for us. He lives inside of us. Amen. And so that is evidence right there that he's not going anywhere. Amen. He He's not quick to move out on people. You know, even though we may not be the best place to live sometimes, you know, the easiest people to get along with. But but he needs to we need to know that, have that reassurance. Everybody will run away but him. Everybody will be too busy but him. Everybody will have something else to do but him. And he will show us how he can help our lives, you know, and. There are times when we he just needs to scatter people a little bit so he can have time with us. You know, you ever think about that, that that we get too wound up, too absorbed, too carried away. Um, you know, I, I I know there were times when my husband was alive, I would get busy, you know, you got a million things to do. Women are kind of more like this than men are. You know, we we fuss at each other because we're different sometimes, you know. And I remember, you know, uh, uh, getting real busy and, you know, kind of getting worked up and frantic. Not that I was saying anything, you know, but but I would be running around and he'd be watching me for a while. I could tell when he was watching me and I'd slow down a little bit, you know, and then, and then I'd get wound up again. He'd say, hey, come here a minute. <laughs> you know, like, uh, 
time out. I said, okay, I got you. He said, no, come here. And, and you know, they just say things to you. Well, he would. He would say things that are comforting. You know, he said, no, what you doing? He said, you know, no, pull it together here, girl. You can do this, you know, that kind of stuff. You just need a little pep talk sometimes, you know. Not that anything really is going to change, but you change because somebody is there to help you stay on a peaceful even keel amen and i think about the indwelling of the holy spirit like that you know he keeps us in perfect peace he keeps us in a way that we can stay close to him encouraged by him empowered by him always knowing that he's there he's our resource for everything Amen. And so he he is the one who is there <clears throat> to help us in everything that we need. So if somebody forsakes you, that means that they already have a commitment to you and they drop the ball. They don't do their part. So if there's anything that's missing, we can never blame it on God. See, it's something else is, is not quite right. And so if he's never going to forsake us, that means he'll undertake for us. Amen. Not just hang around, but what did he say he was going to do for you? Did he not say that he would heal you? Did he not say that he would comfort you? Did he not say that he would give you wisdom, that he would go with you? That you would never be comfortless. You would always have somebody there that you can rely on. And and so he won't abandon us in our time of need. He won't abandon us when we need somebody to strengthen us and agree with us and go along with us, you know, in, in the things of life. Uh, to forsake means uh, to not care for someone. Isn't that terrible? A terrible thought to have that nobody cares for you for real? I know sometimes we get them blue days. I don't anymore, thank God. But I remember having them days where you just want to go in the corner and talk about how pitiful you were. You know, I don't have time for that now. But you know, just but but to be somebody who's not cared for, uh, it's a it's a it's a fearful thought. You know, it really is. It means to fail someone. He will not fail us. He's strong. He undertakes for us. He's totally powerful and able to do everything we need done. To forsake also means to leave uh, in, in dire straits, you know, to, to see you in a place where you're crying out for help and walk away from you. Amen. So that's not God. Amen. That's not him. And it also means to be utterly forsaken. And so God has a way of allowing us to have that that inner strength, knowing he's there. You know, sometimes you can think it's you, but really it's him. If you're born again and you know the Lord, he is your strength. The things that you're capable of doing, uh, you couldn't do without him. Amen. You couldn't do without his his word working in you, without his wisdom, without his knowledge. Without anything to do with him, you you just could not do it if it were not for him. So if he will never leave us, oh, I'm sorry, that's Hebrews 13.5. forgot to give you a scripture. <laughs> Hebrews 13.5, he has said, he will never leave us 
nor will he forsake us. So that's our, our promise. Amen. And, and the scripture says to let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. So, so being content with your circumstances has to do with who's with you more than it is what you have. Amen. It's much to do with who's with you. So he's there as the ultimate friend, the ultimate companion, the ultimate everything. And he is our life. And that's why we can be content uh, with whatever, whatever state we're in. We can find a peace. Contentment is better than happy. Uh, contentment is better than joy. It's hard to sustain happy and joy, you know, over a long period of time. But contentment really says to me, you don't worry. You have peace. Uh, you have joy. You can rejoice in things. You, you, your, your, uh, your emotions and all of those things are appropriate. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> and they reflect the character of God. And so when you when you think about being content with such things as you have, you're not always striving to get the next thing. You're not always trying to get more of this or more of that. Uh, you're not upset because you, you sense lack somewhere. You don't have it all. You know, all your little ducks in a row. I don't know anybody who will ever have that. But you have a sense that you have it available to you. You know, your daddy is rich. Amen. He's very rich. And you're his heir. He's just not daddy with his money. Part of that's yours. Amen. Because he says, ask me and I'll do anything for you. And so it's, this is a, quite a covenant to have. Amen. It's quite a, a, a yeah, promise to have and, and quite a life to have in God to know that everything that we need and everything we desire is already provided. There's there's nothing missing anywhere. So anything that belongs to us, God will make sure that we get it if we continue to believe him. And so <clears throat> by that token, in Hebrews 12:2, it says that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. So he's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. And then he provides the faith for us to get things done with. Amen. He he is there to help us with every single thing we need. And I think sometimes we are a little too hard on ourselves because we think we have to have everything, all our ducks in a row before God will do something for us. And then after a while, we just say, well, shoot, I've been trying all this time and I haven't been perfect yet. I'm just, he, God, you're just going to have to bless me anyhow. You understand what I'm saying? And just be honest about it. Because he, he wants to bless us. If he didn't want to give things to us, he never would have said it. Amen. He would not have put it in his word. But he also is there to help us carry out our obedience to the covenant so that we can be successful at it. So you won't find a better situation than that. You know, he's, he's there to strengthen us. Give us wisdom, talk to us, give us direction, uh, give us understanding, inform us, 
of all of the things that we need to do in order to be successful in him. And, and that's a great thing. So when it says that he is the author and the finisher of our faith, that means that he starts us out with his plan. His plan is a faith plan. So whenever he tells us what he wants us to do, we have to believe him first before we can get up and start doing anything. If we don't put faith to it and we don't believe that he's talking to us or he wants us to do it, uh, we will kind of fall short because most of the time we're thinking, well, how am I going to do it? You know, that's that's always the thought that comes to us when he gives us something to do or gives us a vision or a plan. We always think about, boy, I don't think I can do that. Lord, how do I get there? I mean, what do I do next? What do I what do I straighten up? You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> how do I straighten this thing up so I can impress you that I'm qualified, you know, and if that were the case, he never would have given us these things to do. Amen. He never would have said, I want you to do X, Y, and Z if we didn't already qualify. Amen. But that comes to everybody that God calls. I mean, it, it it's just the way we humans are. You know, Moses was looking around and, and he saw something he couldn't ignore. And that's usually how God gets our attention. You know, you just kind of get pinned to the wall and you can't ignore that he's talking to you or he's speaking to you, that he he has something for you to do. And so when, when that happens, the first thing we need to do is say, yes, Lord, and obey. You know, just what do I need to do? I'm I'm here. I'm available. I want to do this for you. But just like Moses, we give him a bunch of excuses. It's all the I can't do's. I can't do this. I don't have that experience. I don't, I can't, I, I can't, I can't, I can't. You know, you list, you list your, your resume of, uh, inabilities and, in, and in really what it is is a lot of fear, uh, because you don't know how to do this and God knows you don't know how to do it. In fact, everybody he calls don't know how to do. I don't know of anybody he's called that that understand stuff or or has great knowledge of things or anything like that. He calls us all in kind of a rough condition. But if he wasn't able to help that, then he would never call us. Amen. And so as the author and finisher of our, of our faith, he's able to help us with everything that he's uh, planned for us to do. In fact, he is the power behind all of our activities, I don't care how small, how insignificant, how great, how big, how little, whatever it is, he's in charge of all of it. Amen. Even your little conversations that you, you have, your friends that you go to dinner with or your, you know, your uh, Christmas Eve party or your Christmas dinner. All of that is planned by God. Hopefully, you know, I mean, if he hasn't planned it, it's okay with him that you do it and then he will get involved in what you do. He's there all the time. And so he wants to be in charge of our lives. He wants to lead us into a better life. In fact, this is the life he's had for ordained for us from the beginning. That time that we spent living for for the devil, that was an interruption in his plan for us. Amen. 
he's getting back to the original plan with everybody. So from the foundation of the earth, he saw us saved. He saw us as, as intercessors praying faithfully for years and, and, and letting that work get done for him. He's seen us uh, ministering to people and, and soul winning and all of the all of the things that we do. He sees us, you know, uh, giving food to hungry people and, and uh, ministering to people through that avenue. He these are things he's he's already planned them for us. And see, we get here and we think, you know, this is new because it's new to us. We think, well, God, I got to do so and so, and I said. <laughs> I told you to do it. I'm the one who thought that up for you to do. You know what I'm saying? And, and many times it fits us so perfectly. You know, it's like, man, this is something that, that I always wanted to do. Like when I can remember before I was saved, I always wanted to be a writer, but I didn't have anything to write about, you know. Then, you know, when I got saved, God started teaching me his word and I found, boy, I could write a lot of stuff. I said, I need to just take some time and sit and write some things now, you know, because, uh, you know, it just flows so easily. You know, these things you just know that you're going to be able to do and, and, uh, and, and taking time to understand things and, and, uh, meditate on them and really learn. I was always interested in learning, but, you know, you get in school and, and, you know, the stuff they give you, half of it isn't interesting to you, you know, and it's good to have a disciplined, a well-rounded education, but, you know, you'd have been through this many times, you know, once you've been around the merry-go-round several times, the little prize ain't that interesting to you anymore, you know, like, oh, man. I gotta pay good money for this again, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and so I was a, 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 a good starter, but lack of interest would cause me to drop out of a lot of things. I mean, I finished school. I got my degree that, you know, that much, but it just wasn't interesting after a while. And I was so thankful when I got saved because I didn't have to go back and do any of that stuff over again, try to figure out what I was supposed to do. And then you find out you never were called to do any of those things you tried. You were called to serve God, you know, and that's the only shoe that fits anymore. Amen. So there's once you get that shoe on, there's no place else to go with your little abilities and your gifts and your talents, you know. And so it's just good to understand that God already had my life planned from the foundation of the earth. He was just waiting for me to become aware of who he is. So that he could, you know, the things that you do, you do through relationship. Amen. You need teaching. You need understanding. You need discipline. You need relationship with your teacher. You need all of those things in order to excel just in life. And so I just thank God that he opened my eyes to see what it was because I was a pitiful little thing trying to say, oh, Lord, what am I going to try to do now? I'm sick of this. I'm sick of that. I'm sick of that. And so it's it's been almost 40 years that I've been serving God and I wouldn't do anything else. Amen. Because because I can take time to study and to pray and ask God to show me things and to, you know, give me understanding and all of that. And so it's just good to know that finally the shoe fits Cinderella. Amen. <laughs> you can go, you can marry Prince Charming now because it's, it's working. 
Amen. It's finally working. And and I know the rest of you feel that way, too. You feel like your life with Christ is the right life for you. And so so it's just a blessing to have that and to know that he's taken care of everything. Whenever you come to a a, a, a wall, say a, a, a hindrance, something that you need to get beyond, just know that he's right there with you working with you all the time and you're going to make it through amen because he's the author and the finisher of your he's gonna you're gonna finish up strong with him because he's strong he never finishes weak he's never crawling across the finish line you know like you we see some of these uh, uh, uh racers you know they barely make it through you know because they're they are a lot of them haven't been trained properly, you know, and they get so close to the finish line and they're out of energy. They're out of um, fluids in their bodies. And, and some of them are in horrible shape, just crawling across the finish line. And Jesus wants us to finish just as strong as we began, even stronger. Uh, we're going to have uh, a lot of fruit to remain, to show him for our lives. Why? Because he's in charge. See, he's the husbandman. Amen. He's the one in charge of the garden and we're just, he's the vine and we're the branches. And everything we do, we draw out of his power and out of his wisdom and out of his understanding. But know that because this is his idea, your salvation is God's idea. Your life is planned according to what God has for you. Amen. Learn how to stay with the plan. And that way you won't be frustrated. You won't be upset. You won't feel like you're lacking anything. You're, you're not going to feel like, when is it my turn for so-and-so? When is it my time? You know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And I think he'll just have, teach you how to enjoy the ride and enjoy where you are. You can enjoy the ups and downs of life. You know, you don't have to let him take you under because he's right there with you to complete everything. The fact that he's the completer of our faith means that he always has a plan for us and he always will supply everything that we need. He supplies his wisdom. He supplies counsel. He supplies the word. He supplies everything, folks. So he's right there with us. He's right there helping us. He's right there considering everything that we consider. Uh, he considers even more than we do. Amen. He'll, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll start wondering like, well, how's this going to work out? I got to tell so-and-so this and tell so-and-so that. And I don't want to upset anybody. And, you know, we just go on and on and on. And God has taken care of that for us already. Amen. He doesn't want us to be concerned about anything. He wants us always to be peaceful, comfortable, uh, expectant, expecting good. We're not to sit around and expect something bad to happen. And the what ifs of life, you know, he shelters us from the what ifs. Amen. And he causes even, even the things that, that, 
don't look like they're good to start out with, he will cause those to work together for our good. Amen. He just will. So he's, he's that kind of God. So with him being the author and the finisher of our faith, he has a plan for us. Amen. He, he does what we need from Alpha to Omega, amen, from the beginning of our walk with him to the day we step over into glory. He is in charge of it. He knows step by step where we're going to be, what we're going to do, all of those things. And he's right there leading us, guiding us, helping us, comforting us. Amen. You know, Psalm 23 will come to life for us. Uh, when we understand who he is and what he wants to do for us. He doesn't want us sweating. He doesn't want us stressed. He doesn't want us worried. Amen. He doesn't want us fearful. He wants us to have total confidence in him. Amen. Not in ourselves, but in him. Because if we look to us, we're pretty sad. You know, one day we feel like superwoman and you know, you all these queens on Facebook. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about them again. You know, then you see them that kind. Of, you know, uh, sometimes your crown needs straightening. I said, oh brother, here we go again. <laughs> Most pitiful queen I've ever seen. My goodness, wooey. You know, I mean, just all kind of crazy stuff. You know, people go through those ups and downs, but he is the constant in our lives. Amen. You know, it's like when when you feel like you, you don't want to talk to anybody, you know, just break out of that. Say, you know what, Jesus, I'm just going to sit here and talk to you. You know, me and you going to talk. You know, I, I just don't feel like talking to nobody today and I don't know what's wrong with me. And I done got myself over in the dumpster again. You know, <laughs> I just want to I, I don't like being here. And we're going to talk about it. Amen. And pretty soon you realize that, that you've just been listening to the enemy or you've taken off fearful again or you've taken off worried again or you've bitten off more than you can chew. That's common. You know, we don't check with him on all things that, that need to be done. And sometimes you can get overstretched on things. Amen. I had to learn how to, to pray about everything and not just take it for granted that God wanted me to answer every invitation that was sent to me. Amen. Because you could spend a lot of time in, in other folks garden and not tend your own. You know, yours is growing full of weeds. Amen. And, and so we, we have to understand that God has, and he'll take care of people. You don't have to take care of everybody. Amen. He will take care of people. Amen. And sometimes we, we spread ourselves a little too thin and we find ourselves messing up more than we fix. Amen. And God, how did this happen? I was just trying to help him. No, he didn't tell you to do that. Amen. He knows you're running low on fuel. You need to come and sit down and get in your words yourself. You know, you see all these people on Facebook trying to prophesy to everybody and, and, you know, giving out words and they can't go a day without putting a little mug on Instagram with a word for somebody. And you can hear in their voice that they're broken. You know, and it's like, dang, I want to pray for you. You know, get off of there with that stuff go get in your closet and and let god heal you you know what i'm saying the healer lives in us he does and many times we're trying to give out and we need to receive it ourselves 
you know it's like such as i have i give you things we possess we can give out amen and then they're they're rich they're not hollow uh you know the fine wine comes when you let it ferment a little bit amen so it's got to settle in you first before you can start passing it out to to other people you know and so we we need to understand that you know your life is not on display all the time your life is hid with christ and god and many times we just need to understand that jesus you're in charge you're the author and the finisher of my faith and of my life my existence from here to eternity it all belongs to you and so you let me know what's on the program for today. I'm not going to think of anything and I'm not going to try nothing. You just, you tell me what's on the program for today and we'll go from there. And so I think it's a good place to, to be and a good place and a good thing to understand. That way we're not frustrated. We're not upset because people are, they don't give me nothing. They use me and I, you know, I've been, you know, all the stuff we talk about. It's just a part of normal life. We make it out to be such a big deal. Amen. And so I think many times God is trying to tell us, okay, you know, chill out here and just let me lead you and let me help you and let me do all these things so that we can get it done right. Amen. We'll get it done right if you let let God in charge of it. So Jesus already has a plan. He's in charge of that plan. He takes care of our faith. Now, what do I mean by that? It just means that wherever you start, you start with his faith. It's have faith in God. Amen. Put your faith over in him. And we do that through through reading his word, through understanding his word, through understanding how he thinks, what he's about, what he wants us to do. And so once you begin on that road of of knowing him, learning about him, getting to know him, then it's easier for you to meet all the challenges that you may need to meet because he's right there with you. He's like led you into these situations. Amen. And so sometimes the devil can get in there and try to distract you and make you think God is not for you. He's not going to help you or you made a mistake is why this has happened to you and you'll never get it fixed. You know, look, you disappointed God. He, you went over here and he didn't tell you to go over there. You know, so what do you do now? And so these are the things that will happen. And, and then Jesus will show you that even though you may have made a mistake and got involved in that, he can still rescue you. He can still make it work. Do you see, this is finishing your faith because your faith got you started in that. Amen. And many times we haven't made a mistake at all. We followed God the best way we knew how. And still things don't look right. Amen. They're not working right. There are times when we just, you can make a right move and upset the devil and it'll look wrong. You understand what I'm saying? But you've got to know that whether you did it, you did it on purpose, you messed up, you you uh, disobeyed God, whatever it is. If you call on him, you humble your, he come right there to your rescue and finish, help you finish the job. See, your faith hasn't suffered any because you made a mistake because he's in charge of your faith. Amen. He's not going to quit working with us because something didn't work out right. 
Amen. We don't know the end of the story yet. Amen. You got to walk a, a, another little further, as my mother used to say, before you can see what the end is. Amen. And so he's never, never failing. He's never out of the 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 game. He's not never out of commission with us. He's always there for us. Amen. And so when we when we start to understand what God is doing with us, then we can have peace within ourselves. We can relax. We can go easy on ourselves. We can say, you know what, God, I'm fretting about this and worrying about this and trying to get it to work out myself. Amen. You know, the, the, he tells us just to believe and he works it out. You can't do both of them. See, the believing is your responsibility. The bringing it to pass, that's his job. And so sometimes we get a little bit ahead of it or we get the roles reversed. You know, we want to work this. We want to bring it to pass ourselves. Amen. (laughs) And then we find all doors closed to everything we have in our minds that we want to do. And we got to be still and let him be God. We've got to let him work our faith out for us. He, we got to let him, we got to wait for him to show us the next open door. You understand what I'm saying? And so it's just good, like they say, if, if the door ain't open, just praise him in the hallway. If it hasn't, you know, just keep thanking God, you know, for what he's doing with you. Jesus, you're, you're in charge of this. What am I doing? Amen. Let me get back in my little box here and let you be the author and the finisher of my faith. Amen. When, when it's time for me to do something, you'll tell me what to do. Amen. So so it's like that. We have to depend on him like that. Amen. So faith is what what uh, is is uh, pleasing to God. We we must believe God in order to be pleasing to him. Now, Adam and Eve got in trouble because they quit believing God. Amen. They challenged what God told them and they believed a lie, believed something different than what God told them. So so uh, they were faith people just like we are faith people. Amen. They had to believe God for everything. And so do we have to believe God for everything. It was really easier for them, I think, in a way, because they didn't have. Uh, the challenges that we have, they hadn't run into iniquity as yet, but they had to make a choice between what they saw, or what they thought they saw uh, versus what God told them. And we have the same challenge. Amen. We have to believe what we don't see uh, just like they did. Amen. They had to believe God's word, take him at his word. And then the enemy started getting involved in their thinking. And just cause them to see something that just wasn't really there. Amen. They had distorted uh, vision and they were deceived. And so that is what caused the disobedience. Because anybody looking at that situation would say, man, Adam and Eve, you know, in the garden, they didn't, they didn't ask for the serpent to come up and start lying to them. You know, God, you gotta do what? Show mercy. And that's exactly what he did. He showed mercy. He did what we would expect him to do in that situation. So you can't say God didn't make total provision for them because he did. Amen. So, so it was, it was up to God to decide what the test would be so that they could have the ability, uh, to make right decisions. Amen. And, uh, this is, this is something that 
I think we're seeing challenged a lot in our general society. You know, they talk about uh the cancel culture and the woke culture and so they've heard it all of all of humanity just about on social media. I don't know anybody almost that doesn't have a Facebook account or a Twitter account or there's other ones too. And these people make up rules for what you can say and what you can't say on there. And so already we have a culture that's trying to take choice away from us. Amen. So watch these things because you'll see that they come up. It's the same old warfare. Amen. It hasn't changed from the garden where Adam and Eve were told they could freely eat anything from any tree they wanted to, except there was one that they told God told them, don't eat from that one. So God began to watch them and watch what choices they made. Are they going to choose to obey me all the time or are they going to make the wrong choice? And so the the serpent comes in to influence their choice. Amen. God never said there would not be an influencing for their choices. And I think that's what we're seeing people do now. They're trying to influence people's choices. And they're never good. Amen. They influence you away from God, away from morality, away from uh, uh, your your roots where you you're forbidden to say certain words because you get in trouble for it. They cancel your account or they follow you to your job and tell your boss that you're saying certain things on social media and your boss doesn't want to get his account canceled. So, you know, he cancels you. And so we it's the same thing. It's the garden repeated all over again. Amen. Did God really say, amen, make a choice. And so people are trying to take choices away from one another based on their superiority, I guess. I guess these people think they're superior to you and me, you know. Well, in their little world they are, but they're not superior to God. Because God has seen this before. He's rescued man from this nonsense once before, and he'll rescue us from it again. Amen? All you have to do is keep obeying God. You stay on that road, and you'll be on the right road forever. But you don't have to say things to please people and watch what you say. Amen? Now, your conversation needs to be intelligent and, and right before God. You know, you just don't say all kinds of crazy things. But but still, uh, who is it that, that has that kind of power over another individual? Amen? They're, they're uh, uh, engineering microchips to put in people's brains now to make them half human and half machine. They think artificial intelligence is superior to human intelligence. And they're trying to get people, you know, embedded with that kind of stuff. And they're starting. You know, they start with vaccines that have DNA in them that alter your genetic code. And they work from there. And so it's happening, folks. Same thing was in the garden. It's happening again. Now, the people who talk like this are supposedly conspiracy theorists. 
you know, everything's a conspiracy. They, oh, the government ain't doing that. Well, you know, you just keep watching, but you better stay with God. You know, that's what I can tell you. He's the author and finisher of your faith. You'll finish strong if you stay with him. You start getting involved in this other stuff and, and doing things out of fear. You know, it's not going to work out for you. So that's why he gives us faith. So we don't have to throw in with the fear crowd. Amen. We don't have to throw in with the people who are afraid to say certain things or, or can't speak their mind, you know, and say what they believe. And so that's going to be the next thing to cancel Christians. Amen. And but you keep preaching the gospel. Amen. Jesus is in charge. He's 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 Lord of all. And when they, when this this thing fizzles out and it doesn't work, there'll be somebody else to come and want to control people with that new thing. And so we we have to be vigilant over ourselves and vigilant over our choices and vigilant over our spirits. But know that if you obey God, you're always going to come out okay. You're always going to be in good shape you're always going to be the one who is going to finish strong and that's what what god wants us to do so disobedience to god made a way for a better covenant for a man to be truthful with you because when adam and eve disobeyed god what did god do he immediately gave them mercy and gave them a way back through the blood covenant amen which is a better covenant Amen. Better than the old. It's better than the garden. It's better than anything that man ever had. Why? Because now God lives in us. In the garden, God visited them. Amen. He would come down and talk with them. They were companions. And so now God lives in us and he can grow us up in our spirits and we can be as powerful as he ever wanted us to be. Amen. So it's it's more about, I think, with with God in this situation, it was like the devil thought he really had man. He thought he had when when he got man to disobey God, he felt like man belonged to him forever. Amen. But God was working and working and working and working to bring us back to him. And the end result was that. That Satan uh, plotted to kill Jesus, had him crucified, and when Jesus came down to hell, God raised him up again, see? And so he overcame him, and I think God has to show all enemies who he is. That's his pattern. He did that with Pharaoh. He said, I got to get a vengeance on Pharaoh. I got to show him that I'm God. You know, he thinks he these gods he's worshiping, he thinks there's something. I can show him the truth. And so that's the way our God is. He's constantly revealing himself to everybody. And when he revealed himself to Satan, Satan knew he his days were numbered. He was was back in chains again. He wasn't free. He had to be chained back up again and he was a defeated foe. And not only that, but then when he saw God's spirit being poured out on just ordinary people and everybody, all the believers that ever were, that frightens the devil. 
and he keeps seeing us coming amen and the more he persecutes us the more of us get born again and the more we keep coming see he's the author and finisher of our faith we we could never think of any if you were uh, an expert mystery writer you couldn't think of a story that good amen if you were the best soap opera writer you couldn't do anything like what happened with with uh with satan he was so sure that Jesus would not get up out of the grave. Amen. But he did. And he brought all those souls with him. All the ones that Satan thought he had. He brought those out. And he's still bringing us out. And so he he is the master planner. You can't plan things better. You know, I found out the best thing I can do is find out my little corner. So what did he give me? My little piece of cheese. Okay, Jesus, thank you for my little piece of cheese. I'm going to nibble that until you give me something else. If you don't give me nothing else, I'm good, too. I'll do a fast or whatever you want me to do. But just show me my portion, and I'll go ahead and work that. Amen. And that's the best way to be. It's a, you know, we can we can have visions for all kinds of wonderful things and grand things, but don't kill yourself trying to make it happen. Amen. I see people, you know, they think every church is supposed to be like uh, Lakewood Church or like they see on television. And then God has you start in your living room and then you go to your rec room in the basement and then maybe a rent room. And that's where you where your ministry stands for many years. But your ministry is not buildings it's people. Who are you touching? And what are you building in his, he's building his church. His church is people, it's not buildings. Amen. And so we, we have to understand that he has a plan for every individual life. I tell people sometimes, they'll say, well, well, God put us in this and we're growing. I said, suppose you never grow. Do you understand? Suppose you just get those little handful of people to deal with almost forever. You understand? Just be faithful with them. Take care of them. Because there's so many shepherds that aren't faithful. Amen. They walk off from people because, you know, they get tired of this and tired of that. And there ain't enough money in it for me. And these people don't give and they don't take care of me. Well, God's supposed to take care of you. Amen. You've got to use your faith for things to happen. He's the author of your faith. Talk to him about it. Amen. And so well, these are things that, that we, it, it helps us to understand what God's really doing. You know, he's in charge. He has a plan for our faith. He knows where he wants our faith to take us. And he's getting us there. We got to we got to believe that we got to believe that we're on course, that we're on track. He's getting us there. We're going to arrive on time. We're not missing anything. Amen. We're not too late. We're not too old. We're not too young. We're not too this. We're not too that. We're, we're on time for everything. Amen. And so, and if we weren't, God would get us there. You just open your heart to him and say, Jesus, what is it that you want me to do? What, what do I need to do now? And he'll get you there. Amen. Just, just give him, give him your faith. Give him, be confident in him. Amen. So disobedience didn't thwart God's plan for Adam and Eve. Amen. He just came up with a better plan. 
Amen. He came up with the extension of his plan. I'll put it that way. These things got revealed to, to man as, as man grew and as man lived and died and different generations came up. We, he, God's plan for humanity started to unfold to us. Amen. And so it was what the garden experience was interrupted. It was ended, but then God came back with his son that he promised in the garden who was able to stop the works of the devil. That that was what needed to be done. We can't do God's work with listening to the devil all the time. Amen. So God had to do something in us to make us stronger than Satan was. And he said, what I'll do is I'll offer my son up for your sin. And when you when you receive my son, then you'll be stronger than you ever were before. And you'll be able to carry out my will for your life. So God is not phased at what the devil did. He just said, well, you know, we'll just teach and we'll take a little bit longer route than we were going to take. But we'll teach them right from wrong and we'll teach them our law. We'll teach them about us because when you're blind and you can't see, you don't know. So we were blinded by Satan and and separated from God. So we had to be taught who he is again. And that's why we we spend so much time in the word. And we have to gather together regularly for teaching so we can learn who God is again. And so as, as the author and finisher of our faith, he is saying to us, trust me, I have a plan for you. Trust me, I'm working it out. Trust me, I haven't left you. Trust me, I'm not going to leave you high and dry. Trust me, I'm right here for you. And we're going to do all of the things that I plan to do with you and all the rest of humanity. Amen. So we're in a faith covenant, the new covenant. It's a better covenant because justified people live by faith. You can't live by works and you can't live by sight. You have to live by that unseen, in that unseen realm, and trust God to lead you and guide you for the things you need to have. And so we are, um, uh, you know, where where man disobeyed in the garden, now we have uh, a way, a better way to live. And the way is in choosing Christ. And so when we choose him, he makes it better. He is the better portion of this covenant. Amen. We have better promises. Why? Because he lives in us as a guarantee to help us, you know, to give us the word, to feed us the word, to to um, uh, lead us into experiences that will will prove our faith, to give us confidence that we can do certain things. You know, I think many times when when prayers are answered, you're not so excited about what you get anymore. You know, I mean, you you are to a degree, but you just feel good that that man, I made it. I thought I I thought I was losing losing ground there, and he pulled me through. We we can't take credit for it. You know, it's like man, I you God, you mean you answered that prayer? (laughs) You know. Crazy as I was a couple weeks ago running around here. <laughs> you answered that. Amen. And and more besides. Amen. And so we're I'm just real thankful, you know. Just real thankful. It's just a great thing to 
ooh, I can relax, I can rest, I don't have to jump up and do anything or you don't say anything to anybody. All the all the pressure is off because of faith. Amen. Because of him being in charge of our faith. So he finishes our faith. Once we begin with him, he's totally in charge. You don't have to try and think up anything or wonder about anything. What do I need to do now? How do I change this? How do I change that? You know, when you get back into a corner like that, just just. Let yourself begin to minister to him. Well, Lord, I don't know what's bugging me here. I'm I'm thinking things aren't moving fast enough for me. And then when you give me something to do, I'm just all wound up about it, you know, here, there, and everywhere. And and just help me, you know, help me to understand. Help me to to come apart with you and, and begin to help you, let you put things together for me so that I have good understanding. So so really when he he's the finisher of our faith, it means every step of the way he is providing wisdom, guidance, uh, um, answers, courage, strength. Amen. You know, he just wants to to be with us every step of the way. Amen. He he knows we need it because our spiritual journey is is like foreign territory to us when we in in a different place part. It, in different parts and places in our walk, it is foreign territory again because we'll get to places where we just don't know what to do. We don't know how to pray as we ought to. And if we didn't have him helping us, we wouldn't have answers. We would totally be stuck. And so Jesus knows how to come to us, how to approach us, when to approach us. And, and you know, he'll let us spin our wheels for a while and we get tired of spinning our wheels and go sit down somewhere and then he'll tap us on the shoulder and say, hey, how about this? You know, he'll give you a scripture or give you a thought or give you something that will bring a conclusion to your confusion. Amen. So he begins and finishes uh, in the realm of healing. We must have an understanding of what how he heals. Amen. Um, and what he wants to do in us and how he works that out. Um, I was thinking of a scripture. I forgot to write it down. I, I have some that I have written down, but this one I forgot to write down. Now let me see if I can. I think I remember where it is. I think it's in the book of Luke early. Watch <laughs> it won't be here. <laughs> now I won't say anything negative. <laughs> Right, right, right. <laughs> I think I did. Yeah, it's in Luke chapter five. Where, where is he sitting by? Uh... Yeah. Okay. So in Luke chapter five, starting in verse seventeen, and I, I'm thinking that this it came to me when I was studying this, uh, what Jesus was saying. In this this discourse here, it says, and it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town in Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a in a bed, a man 
which was taken with a palsy. And they sought a means to bring him in and to lay him before Jesus. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, then they went to the housetop and led him down through the tile with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said to them, Why do you reason so in your hearts? What's easier to say, your sins be forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed, and walk? But you may know that the Son of Man has power upon the earth to forgive sins. So he said to the sick man, I say unto you, arise, take up your couch, and go to your house. And immediately he rose up before them, took up whereupon he was lying, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Now, the thing that the Lord began to show me this about when we say, when you pray, believe you receive when you pray, and then you'll have it after you believe you received it already. Amen. So when you pray, you've got to know you have it. You already have it. And what he was showing me, he says, uh, when Jesus said, your sins are forgiven you, that's a picture of salvation. When we're born again, we know our sins are forgiven you. Amen. And Jesus said, is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or you're healed? So the same power that forgives your sins heals your body at the same time. Amen. So they're never, ever separated from one another. The same power that saved you pays your bills. The same power that saves you healed your body. The same power that saved you delivers you from the powers of darkness. The same power that, that he, that, that saved you, uh, promotes you. Get you wisdom, get you knowledge, get you. So none of this stuff is separated out where you got to get separate things all the time. See, so he said, what's easier to say? <laughs> Amen. He said, because I'm using the power to make it all happen for this man. See, this is how people would uh, like Bartimaeus, who was blind. He got his sight. But not only did he get his sight, he got his job back, got his family back. He could take care of other people. See, you get your whole life when you get the power of God in your life. When you get that one, when you get born again, when you get saved, you have it all already. You have healing in you already because the healer moved in. He going to move in and leave you sick? I don't think so. But you've got to believe he moved in. And start feeding your body the word so that, that, that health can start to kick in. See, you can feed yourself all the supplements and vitamins and, and, you know, change your diet and all that kind of stuff, but those are natural things. 
See, you're a spirit being. What are you going to do about the, the root of, of illness that's still growing? You can't feed it vegetables. Huh? You can't feed it pills. Now, you might be feeling a little better. Sometimes our faith is what makes us feel better. Them pills ain't really doing a whole lot of nothing. That just becomes a point of contact to release your faith when you think about it. Because you read that bottle and it tells you that we we ain't saying these pills do nothing. Hello? Who's bought supplements? We all have. Because we think there's a, a magic bullet to get you feeling better all the time immediately what you really need is to take the children's bread see god has prepared word for us on a daily basis to heal us why because you live in a sinful world all this crazy stuff that goes on around you don't think that has a, a deteriorating effect on your body that's why these bodies wear out and he has a, a permanent body for us, waiting for us. Amen? So so it's going to happen. So he gives us daily bread so our spirits can feed our bodies. And that word is medicine to our flesh. Everything in your this this flesh body that we are subject to is cured by his word. It's just more of the same. You're born again by the word of God, and you everything you need after that grows out of that word seed that's in you. Keep feeding the same seed. You need healing? Get you some healing scriptures. You need freedom, deliverance, you, your mindset free. You get you scriptures that pertain to that. Amen? And And take your daily bread. Amen? Take the children's bread. You know, open that Bible up. It's good to have it inside of you and meditate on it and reflect on it, but it's good also to open up that word because he can show you something else you need. You understand? It says, hey, let me show you this. You ever thought about this over here? And you say, wow, that's pretty good, Lord. I really like that. Amen. That's why I needed that. And this is how you, you live for God. He's the author and finisher. He's got to keep it going for you. And this is how he keeps it going, is by the application of the word. Amen. If the word was good to get you saved, the word will continue to strengthen you, continue to bring health and restore health to you, heal you of all your wounds, anything that happens to you. Amen. That word can take care of it, and it will take care of it. You just need more of it. Amen. It's just like if you you uh, uh, drove your car for miles and miles and never put any more gas in it. You have to fill that thing up for it to keep going. And this is the same thing with our, our bodies. We have to fill them up with the word to keep them going. You got to fill them up with the word to give you wisdom so you don't worry about everything. Amen. You got to keep filling it up. And so when he's the author and finisher of our faith, he is leading us into the words that we need to help us. You know, you don't need every every word. You know, people try to live off of prosperity scriptures, and that's it. You know, you'll see them. They buy every tape, every CD, every book on money, and that's going to stay here. When you leave, you can't take it with you. 
But you're going to need this body of yours healed until you leave. Amen. You're going to you want to need that. You need to learn how to love people, you know, and, and how to love God first and foremost. You know, God, how do I love you? You know, show me. Show me what I need to do to show you my love, that kind of stuff. You, there's so many things that God has ordained for us to, to accomplish through his faith that we need to be aware that, that that takes regular feeding of our spirits with his word, just regular. And, and then when you fed on the word, take it with you, think about it, sit down and begin to ask God about it. God, what did you mean when you said, or show me something here, Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm just hungry for whatever you have for me. You know, show me something, uh, that's gonna encourage me, that's gonna strengthen me, that's gonna help people when I talk to them. Amen? All of that. He, he just wants to do all of that. Amen? So he begins and finishes our faith in the realm of healing. We must have a, a godliness to approach the throne. So, so you know, you repent of your sins and you you let your your faith get released. Amen. Uh, we need to set ourselves free from doubt, sin, false doctrine. You know, all of these things will kill your faith. And the, you know, doubt will, you know, it's, oh, what, what's wrong now? How come it hasn't happened yet? That stuff will make you nuts. Amen. And, and then you think to yourself, well, wait a minute. I've been saying I'm healed. So what am I thinking about? When is it going to happen? You understand what I'm saying? You either have it or you don't. So then you slap yourself and say, God, I thank you. I'm healed. <laughs> I just got off that. I, I somehow ran off the road again. And wound up in the ditch of unbelief. Amen. That's what we get for letting our minds wander. But see if we'll take the word and meditate on the word. We get stronger in our faith. Instead of wandering off. Trying to figure out what's wrong. As though we could fix it. Amen. You can't fix nothing. Amen. So we we just got to know. And, and sometimes stuff just really isn't broken. And we don't want to accept it. You know, it's just, we gotta find something wrong, amen. So, you know, if it's broken, Jesus will fix it. He's the author and the finisher. He don't finish this. He's not gonna leave you high. He's not gonna leave you half healed, half this, half that, half broke, half, you know, he's not gonna leave you high and dry. There's a way to get it done. Now, our problem is we wanna know what that is. We wanna do it too. And that's not our job. Amen. His job is to bring it to pass. You can't bring nothing nowhere. Amen. You, by the time you get finished with a, a good day's work, you can't bring yourself to sit on the couch for 10 minutes. Amen. So we, we need to understand that. He's totally in charge of everything. So we, we worship him. We thank him. We read the word. We look for instruction. Let him lead us and guide us the things that we want to do. He'll put different things on our hearts to do for him. And and we just go ahead and get those done. So it's Jesus' job, amen, to finish us up and, and make sure we cross that finish line, not limping, not crawling. But, but standing, amen, uh, and, and with more energy to boot, amen, after you cross the finish line, you don't, don't just get across barely, 
but but you finish strong. Amen. You, you know, you can see some of these runners. They're still accelerating at the end of the race. They don't slow down because they see that tape coming in front of them. They just they speed up if they can. Amen. And and I think that's good to finish strong. You know, I, I plan to be teaching and preaching and doing everything, you know, when I step over. Amen. Be, what's, what's to do? You don't stop. You, you, you're called every day. When when God calls you to do something, you're called every day. Amen. And you have to answer every day. And there's always there's look at all these people we pass up on the way here. You want to stop and just find out what their story is. You know, how are you doing? Do you know the Lord? Did you know he's a comfort to you when everybody else abandons you? You know, that kind of stuff. And, and, And so God wants us to always be on the job. We represent him. Amen. But know that you don't don't sweat. If there's one thing I could just want to leave us all with is is quit sweating everything. You haven't done anything wrong. If there's anything wrong with you, you can't fix it. You you got to let the fixer fix it. Amen. And and the things you think are 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 not right, he could care less about. Usually that's the way it is. He just loves us and he says, well, I know, I know she going to get it sooner or later. She going to come around to it. You know, she's all perplexed about it right now, but she, <laughs> I know her. I know how to straighten her out. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, Father, we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding. Thank you, Jesus. You are the author and finisher of our faith. And we thank you, Lord, that our faith can move mountains because it's your faith. Have faith in God. And we put our faith in you, Lord. We're not trusting in what we see. We're not trusting in what we feel. We're not trusting in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And we thank you, Lord, the same power that saved us, heals us, delivers us, gives us wisdom, gives us knowledge, gives us understanding. It's excellent. Your power is excellent in all ways. And we thank you, Lord, for the excellency of your power in Jesus' name. Amen and amen again. Why don't we do our declaration? I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. And I don't have, and you fill in the blank, and it don't have me. And I thank you, Father, that by your stripes... We are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise.